celebration is nonstop on sports radio and TV, which is exactly what Aaron Rodgers wants because he's an attention whore. And the media is going crazy, Daisy. Rodgers should just go home. I mean, if you want out, the quickest route out is to just go home. But he won't because he'd have to give back a lot of a signing bonus. And this whole thing's been a bluff from day one. People say he might go to Denver, to Las Vegas, to the New York Giants. And all this fuss is about the reigning league MVP, it's true, but also about a quarterback who's won as many Super Bowls as Trent Dilfer and Brad Johnson. Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback who has won in four in conference championship games. Rodgers is a champion, to be sure. He beat the Steelers because Richard Mendenhall fumbled. But there's an element of choke artist about Aaron Rodgers as well. This is all about Aaron Rodgers being petty. Tom Petty. About revenge on the GM, Gutkunst, for drafting Jordan Love from up above in the first round of last year's draft. It's certainly not about Rodgers' teammates, and it's not about the Green Bay fans either, who seem to be turning on Rodgers to some degree. Rodgers is a weirdo. He don't talk to his parents. And he's mad because the Packers don't give him more to work with and because they draft on defense too much. But Rodgers is also pissy because Green Bay cut Jordan Kumaro, who's his buddy, but is also a scrub wide receiver. No more than 12 catches in a season on his career. So Rodgers wants elite talent, but he also wants favors for friends. And the two directly contradict. I don't see how anybody can side with Rodgers on this, except he hosts Jeopardy, and his insurance commercials are funny. Rodgers has just not been done wrong by Green Bay. He's won in four in conference championship games. I mean, <laughs> New World Order brought to us by 84 Lumber, your hometown building partner, and Armstrong keeping you connected. Okay, you've all read the Rogers tweets. Was I right or was I wrong? I want to hear from people who think I was wrong. You have no class, fat ass. Eat another hot dog, fat ass. Shut up, fat ass. You never played in the majors, fat ass. He made $48 million, fat ass. Yeah, but I never got cut by the Pirates. Getting back to Aaron Rodgers. If players want the power of the owners, which is what they want, then the players should buy the teams. When Mario Lemieux got the Penguins, listen to this very carefully. This might be the most sense you hear on Sports Talk Radio regarding Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers basically wants the power of ownership without taking any of the risk of ownership. Am I right? Well, when Mario Lemieux got the Penguins, he stopped thinking like a player and started thinking like an owner. Why? Because it's different when it's your money. There, that is sage. That is true Sports Talk wisdom. Your thoughts at 412-333-WXDX. Justin Champagny left Pitt, their best player. He will go into the NBA draft. He signed an agent, so there's no going back. He's definitely out. So I don't follow Pitt basketball closely because it stinks. Does Pitt have any recruits yet? Does Pitt have any players left, or do they all transfer or go to the NBA? Is it possible Pitt basketball? is worse off under Capel than it was under Stallings. 
Now, I know that Stallings went winless in the ACC. But you feel like Capel has him headed anywhere? More so than Stallings? I guess it would have to be more so than Stallings, but hasn't he proven to be a fraud? Or at the very least, an absolute disappointment? I mean, Jamie Dixon. Think about Jamie Dixon, his tenure. That seems like the good old days right now, don't it? Whoever's in charge of hiring and firing at Pitt should themselves be fired. Not the AD, not like. She's a puppet for the power brokers. For the, whatever they call the Golden Panthers these days. Pitt's big-time athletics are a shambles. It's a small sports school now. The soccer team, when I looked, they were winning some tournament game today, and the baseball team's done well. And I don't mean to besmirch or minimize them doing well, but nobody cares. I guess that does besmirch and minimize, saying it out loud like that. But you're not going to sell tickets to it. College sports are divided in two. Revenue-producing and ones that nobody cares about. Revenue-producing is what counts. Somebody, like when I was busting Pitt basketball's balls on Twitter today, somebody said, oh, look at the wrestling guy. Like, that's an insult. I paid for my house, okay? Oh, when I worked for wrestling, you know what we did that Pitt basketball doesn't do? We sold tickets. Sellouts everywhere. Hell, we outdrew Pitt football most nights. Pitt football is mediocre. Pitt basketball stinks. Neither sells tickets. They're they're big-time sports at Pitt are an abject failure. We can do better than Wani. We can do better than Dixon. Well, you didn't. You didn't. And you never do. You don't understand the ceiling. You don't leave well enough alone. You're a bunch of stupid idiots. And I don't want to leave Heather like God. I don't know if she's totally responsible for this, but I think she has no clue. Not because she's a woman. If she were a man, she would also have no clue. Uh, speaking of having no clue, you're going to like this one. The Jacksonville Jaguars have signed Tim Tebow to a one-year deal to play tight end. Now, obviously, they could cut him, but that's further confirmation. The Con family are a bunch of marks. Tebow could have converted to tight end 10 years ago. That's what football NFL teams wanted him to do. That was his best career path. So now he's going to do it at, what is he, 33? Why does this dipstick get chance after chance after chance? Even Jesus knows it's a crock. Um, the Kentucky Derby thing's unbelievable, isn't it? Medina Spirit tests positive for PEDs. The trainer says, Bob Baffert, they didn't come from him. Yeah, because he... Went to a street dealer or some guy in a gym. Or somebody slipped it in his mochaccino at Starbucks. Uh, and now Baffert's saying that a groom urinated in Medina Spirit's stall. And he was taking cough syrup. And Medina Spirit ate the whatever was urinated on. This is the rough equivalent of the dog ate my homework or Epstein bringing a note from his mother on welcome back, Cotter. Some guy's calling claims he's Todd Frazier. Sorry, don't believe it. Just don't believe it. Todd, come to the studio. 
Come to the studio. I'll, I'll see you. I'll have you swing a bat. If you don't hit anything, I'll know you're Todd Frazier. Claims he's Todd Frazier. Give me a break. Tell the Pirates media relations guy, oh, wait, you don't work for them anymore. 4123. Let's put, should we put the guy on? I don't know. Let's put him on hold. If he holds through the break, maybe we'll have him on. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Uh, we got Mike Lang on at the bottom of the hour. We got Matt Vensel from the Post-Gazette, covers the pens. He's on at 530. It's the Mark Madden Show on 105.9 X. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Konnichiwa, bitches. Konnichiwa. Hi, Marco. I have some porn question for you. That right there, my friend, that's asking for trouble. The X at 105.9. Bob Brazier's tweeting about how, uh, retweeting people who want him to beat the crap out of me. Yo, like I said, chances are you wouldn't hit me. You ain't hit anything all year. So don't sing it, bring it, has been. Actually, look at it this year in and of itself. Never was. Well, not never was. He used to be okay. He used to be a pretty good player. Played a lot of years in the majors. Now he sucks, and he's lost his mind. And the guy who called claiming to be Frazier wasn't, because if he was, Frazier would be on Twitter right now saying, I refuse to take his call. I don't know. I mean, if he wants to call, just call as a caller. Because you're not an athlete anymore. You're not a guest. 412-333-WXDX. I do want to emphasize. I emphasized earlier that I'm optimistic about the Penguins in the playoffs. I'm just worried about the first series because the Penguins have not been a playoff juggernaut for several years now. But the Penguins had a great season. If you take their results and extrapolate them over an 82 game season. The Penguins would have had 113 points. Only the 92-93 team had more. They had 119. And if you want to know just how amazing that was, there were no loser points then. 119 points. They didn't win the cup. That will forever stick in my craw. Uh, The Penguins did all this this year despite being fourth in the NHL and man games lost. Malkin missed 23 games. Mike Sullivan should be coach of the year, but he won't be. Uh, That's because he won Stanley Cups before, and he coaches Crosby. That informally disqualifies him. It's absurd, it's silly, but it informally disqualifies Mike Sullivan. Let's go to Adam in Newcastle. Adam, you're on with Double M. What up, man? What up, man? Hey, I have a stat for you on Frazier. Going into yesterday, he was the one who put the one in one for 31. I like it, but then he got the two hits and effed it all up. How'd you like to get cut the day after you went two for four? I don't know. Go Pens. Indeed. Here's a tweet from Galactica, brought to you by Labatt Blue Light Seltzer. They'll be sorry they sponsored this before it's all over. Uh, I was told that Mark is a racist that only targets black athletes. Uh, okay. There you, and here's like, 
This guy, Mario Speedwagon. What a dork of a name. He says, most of us don't take Madden seriously. He would need to be less of a braggart and have more actual knowledge for us to bother with him. Thanks for your time with the team, Todd. Some of us appreciate you regardless of pure statistical success. This Mario Speedwagon. What a relentless and remorseless ass kisser. He's on Twitter kissing the ass of a guy who hit 086 in his only tenure with the team. Uh, that's we brought you by Labatt Blue Light Seltzer. Let's go to Bill in Greensburg. Bill, you're on with Double M. Hello, Mark. What up? Big fan, Mark. Big fan. Uh, actually, I'm from Dravosburg, I think the guy wrote down wrong. Anyways, hey, I loved your comment about <laughs> the horse with the uh, yellow straw or yellow snow, if you will. But uh, I don't think there was snow. Yeah, yeah, yellow hay. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know what these horses eat. <laughs> Anyways, I loved it. Anyway, my question is this, Mark. Uh, with the acquisition of Mr. Carter on the pens, do you think he might be the X factor, the dark horse, if you will, to get him through that first series? Well, he has playoff experience, but then again, the Penguins have a lot of guys with playoff experience. Guys who have won Cups, won series. Uh, but I like that Carter keeps it really simple. I like that he's fast. I like that he's a right-handed shot. Like, I, I wrote in my column for the trip today that Carter keeps it simple. He just knows where to go and what to do when he gets there. And some people interpreted that as ridicule. And I couldn't be oh, praising any higher. That's what success in any sport is about, how to do things simply. Right, and get it done and achieve the goal, which is to win. Yeah, although, like well, I said last hard. week, when he had the four goals early in the third period – they should have set him up the rest of the game and tried to get six. <laughs> I love it. Well, but then he Mark. scored the only goal the next day. 1-0. Oh, Carter gets the goal. Like I say, gets the shutout. I wonder if he's any relation to John Gee legacy that played for the Penguins back when I was a kid and who had an extramarital affair. I guess I could say that now. I hope he's dead or divorced. And really, it's the same. Uh he had an extramarital affair with this teenage girl who sat in my section who is still to this day one of the ten hottest women I've ever seen in Pittsburgh. And actually, she told us about it because you'd have to tell, you know, how old was I when I got told that? My God. But it was not in just, you know, plain terms. It was kind of veiled and sexy now thinking back about it. 412-333-WXDX. Up next. It's going to be great. We got the Hall of Famer, Mike Lang. Mike Lang back in the booth. And I got to tell you, it was like he didn't miss a beat. I'm debating whether to put Mike on the spot and ask him what his plans for announcing in the playoffs are. Suck has got to know. Mike Lang up next, 105.9 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. He don't do nothing but win. He just knows how to win. Super G, loud and proud. He is horrible. He is terrible. The X at 105.9. My guest right now got back in the saddle, and it sounded great. He is the iconic voice of Pittsburgh hockey. He is the Hall of Famer, Mike Lang. Mike, you've done a couple games since we last spoke, including Sunday, and you sound great. It must be just like riding a bicycle for you. <laughs> it's a 46-year-old bicycle. I love it. They're not easy to ride, you know, those old ones. <laughs> We're getting through it, baby. We're getting through it. What what was it like getting back on there for the first time in a bit? Like I said, you sounded great. Did it take you a while to really feel like you were back in a groove? Yeah, a little bit, and the, uh, the, the scenery has changed. Uh, 
obviously, with the COVID situation. They've kind of got it all blocked off and uh, glass all around the booth. So you have to broadcast through a glass, uh, which always makes it interesting. We have a little bit of that with the Garden in New York uh, when they revamped that building. But uh, hopefully the uh, good uh, good Lord willing, uh, the governor of the state, will relax uh, some of the restrictions and we'll get that open air where we can kind of, you know, feel the game a little bit more and uh, be a part of it. And we promise we won't sneeze on you writers and broadcasters down below for sure i have my shots mike you can you can do as you please and uh like i said you did saturday i i misspoke and said sunday i'm sorry you didn't do jeff carter's four goal game the game before that was like old times with mario but he had 14 games of four goals or more yeah i know it's incredible uh when you look at the numbers that he put up uh and interesting to me is that neither malkin or crosby has had a four goal game in their careers, uh, with as much firepower as those two guys have, uh, it, it's kind of stunning. And then you look at Mario, and he just stands head and shoulders, you know, way above everybody in goal scoring. But you know, they uh, certainly with Carter's uh, appearance on the scene, he's added a new dimension to this hockey club. Uh, and as if they didn't have enough scoring, right now they're in a position to be the top scoring team in the league. If uh, Colorado doesn't score 12 goals in their last three games. The Penguins, I think, are going to be the top-scoring team when it's all done and said, and nobody has even realized what's happened. I mean, they were down in the two to two, five, two and a half range for early part of the season for a long time, but they've just exploded offensively. And uh, the addition of Carter certainly has helped. Uh, there's a lot of offense in this team, and uh, other teams in the league are, are, are starting to know us and notice and say, you know, this is like the old Penguins, the ones that. Uh, Went on and won cups in uh, 16 and 17 where they could score. And uh, we're getting similarities from what we saw uh, during that march. But it's a whole new game this year, and everybody is competing, and it's going to be a tough chore in this uh, mass mutual division. Uh, why has Carter exploded here in Pittsburgh, Mikey? Uh, I like the guy's speed, but more than anything, I like the simplicity of his game. Here's This is the other uh, situation. He's got Kopitar, and he was in in there, but he was playing right wing too for uh, a lot for the Los Angeles Kings. His natural position to me is center. That's where he's done the most damage in his career, uh, and he just kind of fell into the situation where it was ideal for him. I mean, Gino was out of the lineup. And he's back now uh, to get his feet wet, get under underway, and he sees how the system works for the Penguins, and it's tailor made for him. In addition to that, you know, he's been a stalwart as a third-line center uh, from a defensive standpoint. Uh, he's a big guy to move, you know. He's a tough guy to challenge uh, one-on-one, and he's done a remarkable job, I think, in handling that situation. Defensive zone face-offs, he's been good, and he's just gaining confidence. He's just It isn't like he hasn't been here before. He knows what it's about. And, you know, he kind of goes to the top in big-game situations. And I just think he's feeling it right now. So it's another additional weapon that the Penguins have. And, uh, you know, when you can come with four lines that can all score and can play some defense, too, uh, you're going to have a tough team to beat. Does it matter who the Penguins play in the first round, Mike? It's not supposed to. I know it doesn't to the players, but uh, I wonder. Well, you know, I I don't think it does. And, uh, you know, Boston has had a number on the Penguins with – 
uh, Tuka Rask and uh, playing in goal. They play a hard game. But you know what, Mark? When you look at the at, at the four teams that are involved here, I can honestly tell you those are the hardest-working teams that have made the playoffs. I mean, the Capitals work their tails off, too. Uh, you just look at the, the numbers that they've put up. So you're going to, no matter what you do, you know how the Islanders are, uh, you're going to have a tough opponent. I, it doesn't matter. It, it's just tough hockey. And it's going to be no matter if you play the Bruins or you play the Islanders. I think it's going to be a fierce battle, uh, you know, to see who's, who comes out on top. And then once you're done with the first one, you got to go, th- you know, against the, the cream of the crop once again. So you're going to earn it, a chance to play in the semifinals uh, against uh, a division uh, winner uh, if you get through this. It's not going to be easy. There are going to be teams that are getting whacked that are really good. I mean, you're going to see Florida, Tampa Bay in all likelihood in that division. You're going to have, what, many and uh, maybe Colorado uh, fighting, and they're all good teams. It's, it's kind of a, you know, you get a chance, and uh, you got to take the uh, the most of it, and you got to run with it, and hopefully you can survive that first round and uh, get a chance to go for the title. How did the Penguins win the division, Mikey? What put them over the top? Because uh, I'll be honest, I thought they were a borderline playoff team at season start, but they, I'm very happy to say, exceeded my expectations. Well, I'm going to tell you what I think, what put them over, what made them win the division. And that was not the way they played all year, which I give them all the credit for in the world. It was last year's offseason. And when you look at the players that the Penguins have had in their lineup, Maxime Legacy, sign, comes, wins a big game to win a division title. Look at Mike, uh, Mark Ma- uh, Mike Matheson, Cody Ceci, Evan Rodriguez, Frederick Gaudreau, Gasperi Kapanen, and Redeem Sahoma. These are all players that have played for the Penguins this year, and these deals were made for to getting these players. And I give the Penguins scouting staff, pro scouting staff, everybody involved, all the high marks in the world, because that's what made them get there. Don't kid yourself. That's what it was. They had the ability, and then they had coaching with Mike Sullivan. He's been and seen that fish before. He was able to bring them in, work them into the lineup, be successful with it, and, uh, you know, and they got a great leader in Crosby in 87, who's got that fire in his eye, uh, as he did a couple of years ago, to want to succeed and, and try and win another cup. So those are the contributing factors that I see. Uh, and the uh, 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 Berkey and uh, Axel have done a good job in adding a key ingredient, and that's in Carter. And you've got to hope that everybody can stay healthy, and you've got a shot, I think, here to, to, uh, to make some noise. We're talking to Mike Lang, the Hall of Famer, brought to us by California University. Unlock your story. Uh, you mentioned Sid, and it was a banner year, 62 points in 55 games. Uh, the team finished first despite Geno missing a lot of games, and Sid played a great 200-foot game, like always. And I guess Connor McDavid has to be MVP, Mikey. The numbers dictate, but Sid's right there, isn't he? Well, he is for us. I mean, there's no question that he is the MVP of this team, and uh, we can take salvation in that fact. Uh, Connor McDavid, I mean, how are you going to deny him with what he's done uh, during the course of the year? They're going to be a playoff team and a big one, and they could win that uh that division before it's all done. So we'll pay our, you know, our, our acknowledgments to Connor McDavid, but I think Sid will be in the hunt. I think he'll probably be one of the three finalists, I'm guessing. Uh, 
And who knows? I mean, uh, the writers, with what he's done and accomplished and the way he plays, they've seen him play. They know what he can do. They know the cups that he's won. He might well get a kind of a sentimental vote and uh, give him a challenge for that top spot. What's your take on Gino since he's been back? I think he looks uh, pretty good progressing, which is important, and he's fit right back in playing a different spot on the power play. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's you know, he's been, we've talked about this before, he's had a lot of injuries in his career, and he's taken a pounding. Uh, and obviously he tweaked uh, something the other night. You just hope that you can get uh, a lot out of him and he can get the kinks out and contribute. And there's nobody in this team, seriously, and almost to a man, that wants to win the Stanley Cup again. But Gino is just possessed with that that uh, unbridled desire and passion to want to be the best. And so I, I think he's going to get unleashed here before all this is all done. And he could be a real factor in these playoff series. Uh, when you've got power like that down the center, Mark, you better call the doctor because uh, – he may not be in tomorrow. I mean, that's that's how good they can be if they can get the machine going. You mentioned some of the guys that were added in the offseason by Jim Rutherford, CC, and Matheson, and Kasperi Kapanen. Uh, what about Mike Matheson? Because i got to tell you, he had a rough adjustment, but now I see him as indispensable. I think he and CC are such a solid number two pair. I mean, who'd have thought? Well, you know, I, I will say this. that uh, you find... The uh, pundits, I guess that's the word, uh, in 16, 17, uh, even in 09, they had great reservations about the Penguins' defense, including 17 when the tag didn't even play. There was no way they were going to beat those other teams. Well, there's a, there's a sense of cohesiveness now uh, back on that blue line, and let's give uh, the Penguin coaching staff a lot of credit for making that happen, and you got to go to the top guy because he, he runs the ship. I just can't say enough about the way he handles his personnel and gets them into a situation. He talks about putting them in the best situation to win hockey games. He does that night after night after night, Mark. I mean, it's amazing. And he's been able to kind of pull the trigger and force you know, force the, the units that he wants. Todd Verdon's been a big addition. He's great. We all know that uh, by working with him. And uh, Mike has taken uh, the, the range uh, as an assistant coach, too, uh, Bellucci is working as uh, his second guy on the, particularly the offense, and uh, you know the Penguins are moving, and they their power play is vastly improved. Their penalty killing might be one of their weaknesses, but I think if you get Tanev back, that might change the scope of it a little bit. We haven't even talked about him coming back, so it, it all the ingredients are here. Now they just have to take it amongst themselves and prove to the world that they're, they're a good team and, and one that can win some playoff series. What about Tristan Jari? Very little playoff experience, and uh, I think he's a very good goaltender, Mikey, but until you do it, you don't. No, and hey, the, the league is full of those guys right now, Mark. He's not alone. Only one team wins. You know, I mean, there's, it, 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 the other teams have question marks, too, about his, oh, I don't know, the goaltending. Oh, they haven't played. Oh, they haven't, you know, Vasilevsky didn't play, and now he's won a cup, and it's like, no, you just have to go with what you've seen. I will say this about Casey DeSmith and Tristan Jari. I've said it all year. They're both NHL goaltenders. They're both capable. And like I say, is uh, showing us something, too. Should he be needed? Uh, you don't win as many games as the Penguins won 
win a division title without good goaltending. I rest my case. You're not going <laughs> to win it. And they've had that. They've had situations where they've been there. Uh, they've had to protect leads, and they've won games. So, I, I, you know, I, I will go with them and, and take my chances with what they have. You know, he's not Marty Brodeur. Not many guys are, Mark. So I give him an opportunity, and uh, he's showing that he's improved year by year. And I think he'll take it and run in case he's there in the background in case he's needed. And I think both of them could lead the Penguins to a Stanley Cup. That's my feeling. Well, I, I agree, Mikey. You know me. I'm I'm cynical. I lean that way whether I, I want to or not sometimes. But I will say, right now reminds me of 2016 before the playoffs a little bit. I mean, nothing is written in stone, but I do feel a buzz, and I think you do too. I do. I mean, they led the league in scoring that year, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, or the next. One of the two. They were up there. I mean, they, they've always been a fairly decent scoring team. And the numbers were the same. Their power play, you know, has been pretty damn good here of late. And that could be a big-time thing, boy, against these teams when you get a chance is to try and finish them off and, uh, and use that man advantage. And the Penguins have been so disciplined. You know, we were talking about CVR. He's played the whole year. You know how many penalty minutes he has? 45 games. Two. Gaudreau. 18 games played. Two. These are big numbers. So that means disciplines in the, in the, in the lineup for the Penguins. They well, Mikey, I, not to interrupt, I love Freddie Gaudreau. I mean, well, I, 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 we saw him play briefly with hard. Nashville, but boy, he's done terrific. Yeah, I mean, they should be susceptible to penalties, you would think, more than the average player. So this is a good sign, I think, among uh, the Penguin players. They've been pretty well-disciplined, particularly in the last half of the season. Uh, but you put it all in a big mixer, turn it all around, and then you say, okay, let's see what we got. So you, you hope you can win. You know, out of 28 games, you got to win four series. you got to win 16. And uh, you hope you've got enough to get to the finish. Mikey, uh, I don't want to assume anything, but it sounded by our conversation to start this segment like you plan on being in the booth for the playoffs. What's the word? Yeah, I'm going uh, to give it a start. Uh, I'm going to see how the schedule makes out, uh, whether they're going to go back-to-backs or what they'll do. Uh, but as of right now, I'm going to start uh, with the playoffs. We might change up a little bit and have Josh do a game or two. But I'm going to give my best and uh, and get back in there and hopefully uh, lead him to the to the promised land. I don't know if I can do that, but I'm willing to give it a shot. Well, there's nobody better to do it. You sound great, Mikey. Thank you, as always, for taking the time, and we'll talk again real soon. All right. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. That's the great Mike Lang. You heard it here first, back in the booth for the playoffs. Now I really feel like the Penguins have a chance. 412-333. The bad news is his color guy is going to be Todd Frazier. 412-333. Hey, guy needs a job. 412-333-WXDX. We got uh, Matt Vensel talking Penguins next hour. Okay, let's reset. What put the Penguins over the top? Why did they win the division? What were the one or two factors? Don't go overboard. Give me one or two things. I think the two biggest things are their dedication to systemic play, you know, playing that smart 200-foot game, and Sid was a beast. I mean, I understand that McDavid has to get MVP because of his points. Although I think the points in context, I mean, he was going to lead the league in scoring no matter what the schedule was for him. I don't think he was going to get 100 points in 53 games if he played a normal NHL schedule. But McDavid's a great player, good on him. 
but I think Sid's right there in the MVP conversation. If McDavid gets it, I won't be upset. I will not be outraged, obviously. How how could you be? Uh, so those are the reasons I think they got over the top. I also want to reread this quote from Mike Greenberg on ESPN this morning. Greenberg said if Mike Tomlin wasn't the Steelers coach, he'd see them as one of the worst teams in the NFL. You always wonder if outsiders have a more realistic view. I don't know. Does Greeny, you tell me. 412-333-WXDX. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Is this Bob Hope? Hi, this is. How you doing? Oh, boy, man. Hey, uh, you know what? Why this? Call back when you're coherent. The X at 105.9. You know what a feeling it is to be able to walk out here and captivate the female audience the way I do. I mean, the girls over here are hollering. Slick Rick, you know, hey. It's not Slick Rick anymore. It's how slick is Slick Rick. Hey, cool. What's going on? That's what they holler when I come to the airport. Wait till I get to experience that all the way live this coming weekend. That's the Daily Flare here on the X. I've been debating and still am. Something really upsetting happened to me yesterday on Mother's Day. And I've been debating whether or not to tell the story. I'm not going to right now. Something extremely upsetting. But if I talked about it, it might happen again. Then again, if I talked about it, one of you might make sure it didn't happen again. And my hands would be clean. So I'm debating it, and uh, the story's not going away. If you want to guess what it is, but I don't see how you could guess what it is, but if you want to guess what it is, go on Twitter, at MarkMaddenX. It has nothing to do with Todd Frazier. And keep in mind, almost nothing bothers me. You guys know that. This really bothered me. Speaking of bothered, I should probably go out over the Todd Frazier timeline. You can check it out on Twitter. It's a lot better on Twitter than it is for me to read. Let's let's take calls first. Let's go to Brandon in the truck. Brandon, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Uh, I agree with your two points on why the Penguins won the division this year, but uh, Chris Letang is another reason why. I thought he was excellent. Yeah, I thought Chris Letang played his most fundamentally sound hockey. Uh, not in a long time. I think he always does but it it just it was really razor sharp the way he weighed risk versus reward and managed scoring situation and I haven't talked to Tang I mean we don't have player access but I think he knows that it's a brave new world with Hextall and Burke in charge and he wants to stay and I think he's given them what they're looking for and whether or not that's the reason, I think it says a lot about Tanger and his talent, in his talent, in his hockey IQ that he has changed his game, tempered his game, made his game just the teeny, tiniest bit more conservative, but still hasn't lost his personality. What makes him a great player? The style is still there. Just tempered it very, very slightly. Let's go to Yinzer in South Pittsburgh. Yinzer, you're on with double M. What up, Mark? What up? Two things uh, for me is uh, number one's got to be goaltending. Well, 
I mean, do you trust the goaltending in the playoffs, or is that a, a different kind of trust? Well, I mean, regular season, you just seen how this team built momentum when they started trusting Jari. I mean, yeah, I think that's I, you see, what's different I, between I agree, the last and I hope years. he plays in the playoffs like we need him to. But um, Jari had some bad games, let in some bad goals, was deep in the net a lot. See, that's what worries me. Yeah. Tristan has a bad he's, habit. He's too often too deep in the net, and it pops up, and then it doesn't go away for a game or two. And the other one is uh, Matheson. I think he's a game changer. Uh, oh, Fulham just got relegated from the Premier League. I can tell that joke again at the next roast that Tony Khan's at. Uh, yeah, Matheson and CeCe. Don't leave him out. Bro, Matheson got scratched by Florida all the time. CeCe couldn't get a job. They came in here and became the number two pair. Not the number three pair, the number two pair. Okay, here's the... Uh, Here's the uh, exchange between me and Todd Frazier. You can check it out on Twitter. But he got DFA today because he stinks. Was hitting 086. And he had taken shots at the media, most notably Dejan, upon coming here. And he uses childish epithets and some would say homophobic, some would say misogynistic. I mean, look at his Twitter timeline and you tell me. Then again, his career's over, so there's nothing left to cancel. And I tweeted, hey, Flava Phrase 21 which is his Twitter, happy effing trails you scrub, DFA, now GFY. And then he tweeted a picture of me, which I thought is a pretty good picture. It said, funny that this slob, I mean absolute slob, is talking blank. Go grab another hot dog. Please look yourself in the mirror, my goodness. You wouldn't dare say this to my face, Flounder, which was my college nickname, so he did his research. Love your nickname, by the way. This picture tells it all, and to think people take you serious GTFOH. Now, Todd has not since tweeted at me, but tweeted about me. And the reason he's not tweeted at me is because I responded, That's a solid hit, rare for you. I'd gladly say it to your face. The Pirates could use the attendance. Bat shaming over fat shaming. I was here before you got here, and hereafter you're gone, and it didn't take too effing long. Cut by the Pirates. I've had career lows, not that low. And then I tweeted, I just had another hot dog and looked in the mirror, and Todd Frazier still got cut by the Pirates. You were the worst player on MLB's worst team. Put that on your Hall of Fame plaque. Come find me. Take a swing. What makes you think you'd connect? It's a 91.4 chance you wouldn't. And as I've often said, let me add now, Todd, you may as well find me and hit me because you're just never going to out-talk me. And that goes for each and every one of you. And finally, I tweeted, why don't you just slink out of town like the bum that you are? It's over, Junior. Over for good. No more baseball ever. Tell your family. You're done. DFA, GFY. So that's it. I think that's kind of fun. Or at least funny. You know, you can tell I don't know how much longer is left in my career, how much longer I want to do this. So I've declared war. I've declared war. 412-333-WXDX. We got Matt Vensel talking hockey uh, at the bottom of the hour. What do I got next? Who do I get mad at? Uh, I already got mad at Aaron Rodgers. Oh, well, it's a familiar target. I won't spoil it for you. And we're going to talk about uh, a death over the weekend that made me very sad. It's the Mark Madden Show, 105.9.